This is Cult Teens K-Pop Unmuted, a podcast dedicated to in-depth discussion of K-Pop. We're your hosts, Stephen Knight and Joe Palmer. And we're returning with our 2018 K-Pop Unmuted Awards with our guests, Stephanie Parker and Gabrielle Wilder. Gabrielle Wilder is a freelance journalist over in Australia and runner of the Kesara blog on K-Pop, which definitely go back and check everything old <laughs> and then follow for everything new. <laughs> and um, Stephanie is a host over at our Friends of the Show K-Pop cast, as well as a, a, a YouTube um, person over there as well. So, not not a YouTube creator. Thank you so much. I, I just work there, which is way less cool. Yeah. Thank you. Well, welcome back, guys. Thank you so much for coming back. Well, let's jump right into our second round of awards, and maybe we'll flip the uh, the order this time, if it's okay with you guys, and start with Gabrielle. <laughs> oh, what? Me? Um, <laughs> I'm going to start off with something hard, and um, the inaugural Who's Your Mama Award for Misogyny in K-pop. The <laughs> nominees are N Flying's KJ. He's just been put on in inverted commas hiatus from the band for dating fans and allegedly sexually harassing them. That's one. Uh, second nominee is San E. So this year in Korea, I don't know if you've all been aware, but there's been huge marches by women. Part of them has been for the Me Too movement, and then there's also been even bigger ones protesting against the uh, use of spy cams, which go on, uh, you know, these illicit photos taken in toilets and so on and then uploaded onto websites. And, yeah, that's pretty horrible. And then, anyway, in response to this, rapper Sani uh, released a track dissing feminism. Lovely. Sure, Sure, why why not? not? What a charmer. Uh, Third nominee is, and this list obviously could go on and on, so I'll keep it brief, but if you think there's anyone that really needs to go in, please feel free to chip in. Apparently former JBJ member John Go was, uh, has been making misogynist comments. That's terrific. Uh, head of YG Entertainment posted a lovely Adam and Eve uh, joke onto Instagram. was hastily taken down when people protested. This year also rapper Iron, who was charged with assault of his girlfriend in 2016, I don't know if you are across this case. He punched her during sex when she wouldn't do what he wanted her to do and then he strangled her when she wanted to leave him. He came up for sentencing and then it was appealed. He was given a sentence of eight months jail suspended um, for two years. Mm. Now, that's the sentence he was given in 2016. His girlfriend, ex-girlfriend, appealed it saying it was too light. <laughs> really? Uh, the courts in November upheld the sentence. Guess what? It was the same sentence he was given for marijuana use. Hmm. Now, because that was a sentence given to him in 2016, it's over. It was for two years. It's done. So he served no time for that at all. So my winner of the inaugural Who's Your Mama Award for Misogyny and K-Pop is the Korean Judiciary. (laughs) Get your shit together and start supporting your female citizens because they do not deserve to be punched by their boyfriends or by any any man or at all. It's beyond time. Thank you. Next category. Thank you for sharing all that news. I didn't know about some of those. There's a bunch of people who are now like, yeah. 
Yeah. I, I knew I, I figured it was gonna be Sonny, oh but uh I, I figured YG had to make it in there somehow. <laughs> cancel all of you. Yeah, it's hard to you have to keep a list if you want to try to remember them all. Well, I mean it did it the issue did kind of leak into I don't have any specific person to pin it on, but you know, there was there's some anti feminism going on in related to K pop idols when there's even the smallest hint of any sort of uh, you know, feminist mm, message coming mm. from anybody. Oh yeah, I know. Like um I think I don't know if it happened last year, like um one of the girls from A Pink when she had that thing on her phone saying girls can do right. anything. She just said girls can do anything and those right. shitstorm erupted. I'm like, She's yeah. a feminist. Oh my god. It's like, wow, really? <laughs> Disturbing. All right, Joe. Well, how about can you follow up on that award? And I'm going for something a bit more straightforward, which which is best belt of the year sort of a big belting in K-pop is something that I'm never too interested in. And it usually comes, you know, very standard and you expect it exactly as it is always. But there's two that stood out to me in particular. So we have our new vocal king and queen going forward. The king being Taeyeol of NCT 127, NCT in general. Uh, and he had a few, his best is probably in Simon Says recently, where you know, it's a, it's basically an extremely well-controlled scream towards the end of the song. And I think this year in particular with Simon Says and Chain, he's, these, these songs are dominated by rap and Taeyang and Mark, but coming towards the end, it's Taeyeol who really knocks them out of the park. And... Yeah, his one is Simon Says. It's something I feel like I could just constantly listen to over and over again. And, and then Chain as well, he has one that he does it in two different parts and he seems to have this insane, you know, high pitch range that, you know, we haven't seen it go quite as far, I don't think, with any boy groups. So he, he's very exciting, I think. Yeah, he's a terrific singer. Yeah, amazing. The very obvious new vocal queen for me is um, Chu from Luna. And her belt in High High is um, similar in that she really, like, sends the song into the stratosphere. It's, 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 I like it less than everyone listening might expect, but it's still a lot of fun and really upbeat and quick. But Chu is really not quite as dramatic or as, as uh, out there as Taeyeol, but she's just so, so strong. If you watch kind of clips of their their Luna Studio, their most recent sort of fan meet thing, she she like belts it live and just completely nails it. And I think watching music shows, it's hard to tell even with the kind of live ones. I feel like they tend to leave their high notes or their belts lip synced. Yeah. So to see her do it, you know, in person almost is was so impressive. To think that she's the like just excitable, adorable young girl that she is most of the time. And then she can do this, is uh, is is amazing. I'm excited for her opera, the opera subunit with her and Hassel, which Luna inevitably will do because they will do everything. So yeah, new vocal kings and queens. So Stephanie, what is uh, what is your second award? So. My second award came together with a lot of serendipity in that I was looking for, well, what are the songs and the artists that I loved listening to so much this year? I just picked up my Google Play Music 
and sorted by most played, most liked. And I noticed a pattern among artists that really seemed to, to vibe with me well. And so I, I figured the, the best way to explain it is to create an award. And it is for best K-pop audition show contestant named Sam. <laughs> and, you know, stick with me here because they come from a variety of, of backgrounds and music genres, but we have some pretty strong contenders here. One being the silky chocolate vocals of Sam Kim, and he made his splash onto the scene with the show K-Pop Star, and he has just been uh, releasing just smooth like babbling brook, just lovely hits over hits over the past couple of years. And I'm just on the edge of my seat whenever he releases something, you know, and then go to the other extreme and Juno flow came out of show me the money. And he has done less of, you know, solo hip hop songs, but when he collaborates, when he's featured on someone's song, like he was on Boa's latest album, uh, the Your Song track there. That's amazing. Oh my song. gosh. I love it. Yeah, I was like, who's that? Yeah. <laughs> Give yeah. me more of him. Yeah, it's incredible. But you know, someone that I'm really excited, uh, who I just think is going to have like hockey stick level growth and just oozes charisma. Not that these other two don't, but I'm really excited for Samuel, our resident under 17 K pop idol. Oh, no, he's, he's awesome. Um, he brings that diversity to the scene. I believe he's half Mexican American and yeah. he just has so much swag for someone so young. So I really had it was hard. But out of all the Samuels <laughs> who have come out of uh, audition shows in the past year. Samuel's been training two. since he was like six or something. Yeah. So this is <laughs> his time be. to show. He should be ready by now. And I think he is. Yeah. So it's going to yeah. be a, a great year that where I hope to hear new stuff from all of these, all of these Samuels. But, <laughs> but especially excited for him. All right, so for my first pick of this episode, second pick of this year, or award, I guess, I want to give an award for the top Avengers group of the year. Avengers is a term that, as far as I know, was first applied to, it's kind of a super group thing in the first year of Produce 101, when all the most talented people ended up on the same team. Everybody starts saying they were the Avengers, and I've heard, I've heard that a lot since then. So this is the best super group or Marvel team up uh, of the year. So the the first group, which uh, first nominee, which barely qualifies, I'm not sure if they really do, is KDA, which did that Pop Stars League of Legends song with the the CGI and everything. I say it barely qualifies because it had two, it had a singer and a rapper who were Western pop stars, and then two Idol members or G Idol members, Soyeon and Minyoung. That was a lot of fun. Really good song. I enjoyed that. The second nominee is from the the Unit Idol Reboot Project. UNB had a, had some really good music they put out, but as far as if I'm going to pick a supergroup, Unity was kind of a sentimental favorite. You know, this this is supposed to be uh, idols from groups that sort of never made it or underappreciated that sort of thing, and this this group mm. really qualified. I mean, they had former members of Spica, Hello Venus, Dal Shabet. 
and Sia. Yeah, mm. Sun and Moo, the Ark, April, and Daya. I shouldn't say, they're not all former members. The Yebin is still in Daya. And, uh, you know, to me, Jiwon and, and Wuhi and Yebin are just great. But, you know, NCA, I guess that's how you say her name. Really good vocalist. That, yeah. that was a that was a spectacular group. And it was a tough choice, but I'm, I'm going to go with an SM station project. Ha. Did you know? I wanted to get this in. I wanted to get this song in, so I'm really glad yeah, you brought it such up. Such a good song. And they they didn't actually name the unit, they just called them Solgi, Shinbi, Chungha, and Soyoung. Oh, I thought you were gonna say John Langen and Yeah, Wendy. that was Damn. that was under consideration. I'm no, not saying I, I, we I'm, didn't I'm, consider that joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Wow thing, really good. And you know the one thing so incredible what a song it's amazing and the, the performances were so good even like the people that i think of as being the stronger dancers their vocals were great and the people that i think of as being the really good vocalists their dance was great so you know i'm not that into rap so rap was the highlight to me i mean that was that was a lot of fun so that that's my winner for the avengers group The song itself is amazing, um, and it's it's almost like something like On Vogue would have done or something. It's really, really good. It's really, it's the kind of song every time it comes on a playlist, like soon after I put it in, every time it came on, I'd be like, "What's this? What's this?" You know, like, I have to go and look it up. And it's like, "Oh, right, it's this song." You know, like it's super group, incredible. All right, well, Stephanie, I know that you need to you need to leave us before we do our last round of awards, and we really appreciate you sticking with us through these uh, two shows or whatever fraction of of two <laughs> shows this is. I want to encourage people again to to check out the K-pop cast where they can't be guaranteed of getting you every time, but quite often they will <laughs> find you on that show. And why don't you just re- remind us, yeah. Why don't you just remind us again where uh, where people can find the K-pop cast and, and you online? Of course. Well, you can find me on Twitter at sparker2 and you can find the K-pop cast at the K-pop cast. And we run a chat on hashtag K-pop chat as well. Thank you so much for having me on. This has been a blast. I can't wait for next time that either some of you come on the K-pop cast or I get a chance to hang out with you all again. I feel like I'm with folks who truly understand me and we what do. I care about. We do. <laughs> Thank you. For my final award, I'm going to go with Best Wonder Girls Comeback. I don't really have a snappy uh, title for it. So we had releases from all three of them. Um, Hailim is, I believe, still studying at university. I think she's doing some TV work as well, but we don't have a music release that I know of. So Yeon, I'm probably saying that wrong because I'm not really good with Korean vowels, but also her, her, her recording name has got punctuation in it that baffles me. Um, Hapfelt, I don't know, I, ha, uh, colon, f- um, I don't know what you're supposed to do with that. So she released some really lovely songs that I didn't see produced. They're kind of like bossa nova-ish folky songs. They're really nice, but I think they just kind of sank and um, I don't know, I didn't really see any chatter about them or anything. She is incredibly talented and I really hope that we see more from her and she gets a bit more promotion or she gets to do what she wants at least. Sunmi obviously is a massive star and goes to number one and everybody loves her and I just wish she had songs that I liked. 
the big the winner of this award is Goddess Yubin. She has The question is which song? They're so well, good. They're both so good. They're both getting the award. Uh, she has reinvented <laughs> herself as a retro futuristic disco diva, much to my utter delight. I mean, if you know, someone came to me and said, What would you like for Yubin's comeback singles? I don't think they could have made it any more perfect for me. I mean, Lady, you know, the stages and the outfits she wore were, were like something out of like Blade Runner, but you know, K-pop Blade Runner, kind of these beautiful 40s things, but also kind of mini and shiny and sparkly and, and you know, each outfit was just more fantastic than the last. And the song was just this, you know, gorgeous kind of shimmery thing that, you know, I couldn't stop. Again, like the, the songs, the moon songs that I, that I mentioned, I just couldn't stop playing it. I think someone did like an hour-long thing of Lady on repeat on YouTube and I just used to put it on and have it on a loop. Um, but I think Thank You So Much also is fantastic. It's um, written by Albie Alberson, who's done a ton of stuff, uh, really, really interesting things. Yeah, that's I find that I'm also playing this over and over again and I love the video and all the, the kooky kind of, you know, retro-futuristic stuff that she's got with the weird glasses and, and the leather outfit. And um, yeah, and she's just... You know, I don't know if I could have picked who would have been my favourite Wonder Girl once they tragically disbanded, you know, whenever it was a couple of years ago. I mean, that was all those girl groups were splintering and it just seemed like the end of girl groups. Um, but she's given back this year. It's been fantastic. Yeah, you know, even the choreography is so much fun in those yeah, songs. It's, it's so disco-y and retro. Yeah, 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 absolutely. The stages are really super fun and it's been disappointing. She hasn't really had chart success with them. I hope this doesn't discourage her and lead her down the dance hall, um, <laughs> the dance hall road. <laughs> that would really break my heart. So I just um, hope she's getting enough appreciation somewhere that she just follows, keeps on this path. I'm especially glad that she's not rapping throughout the whole song I mean yeah I like yeah, her it's I don't I don't mind her rapping but like it wouldn't have worked just by herself I don't think and she's got a great singing voice I think yeah uh, she does she's got a really good singing voice and with a lot of um color and shade and and um yeah a lot of attitude too you know she really absolutely yeah. I love that yeah. line in um thank you so much where she goes I'm sick of all of your bullshit. <laughs> like, I was like, wow, does she speak English or is this just some English line that she's found has come in really handy? <laughs> now from a, a veteran of the, the K-pop industry to the, the newbies, and my last award is for most unique debut concept. I think a lot of the concepts this year haven't been as, as, as unique. I think groups are sticking to like, like GWSN, a sort of, BTS Luna, Cosmic Girls style, you know, story of, of kind of random references that don't really make sense most of the time versus just like regular debuts or their main concept is that one of their members, one or a few of their members is on Produce 101 or whatever, but there are a few. And um, I have two in particular that stuck out to me, sort of joint winners, because both are very unclear, but are both quite strange. So, um, Honey Popcorn is the first. Um, Yay! <laughs> um, a K-pop group made up of no Korean people, which 
is something that wasn't actually said about them at all, you know, as much as we had that, um, the, the white boy group, I can't remember um, their oh, name. Oh, yeah. But, but, you know, like, no one talked about it. Not that it really matters. But their concept is interesting because they didn't really have a concept. You know, the idea that these Japanese women were all JAV, JAV stars or Japanese porn stars, essentially, was not in their marketing and yet their marketing had nothing else aside from them being a new K-pop group. And You're saying it was not in their marketing. Well, I don't think it was. Not as far as I yeah, can see. Yeah, no, I, mean, I don't think it was either. Like, yeah. maybe they, they they were teasing it, you know, and like um, giving tips up, tip-offs to, you know, some of the media companies, but it didn't seem yeah, to Yeah, no, I, th- I thought you said it was in their uh, marketing. I thought okay. maybe I missed it. But no. yeah, I agree. It's, it's kind of interesting that that was a bit, that I mean, that's such an obvious media play. And Yeah. So maybe they were keeping it on the down low that they were doing that. But anyway, when you hear the song, it's like, I really quite like it actually, and um, but it's it's considering the the kind of conception of this group, it feels like almost parody of how close it is to like a classic cutesy K-pop song, but it's hard to really justify that because they're just um, marking themselves as a regular K-pop group, so maybe it is just generic and normal, and you know they they've, they've gone on to do nothing since, which um, I hope is just a you know, taking a break, but their song "Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo," I think it's called. Um, I didn't take it down. Um, yeah, like even even the title. Not the first "Bibbidi Bobbidi exactly, Boo" song yeah. in K-pop. Um, another one by our great friends, very good. Even the title, like you know, the, the, the very onomatopoeic sounds and just everything about the song just says K-pop. There's an interesting background to these people, you know, and they shouldn't be forgotten about because of where they came from. But anyway, I'd love to see more from them because they had a great song and they, they smashed it, I, I will say. <laughs> Moving on to We Girls. Originally, they teased the group last year, or yeah, 2017, and there was like teaser images and, you know, stuff, profiles. But only two of the members in those teaser images made it into the group in the end, which I think is pretty rare it's it's not rare for groups to have almost have their lineups and then change them very late but it's rare to tease them and then change all but two of them i think seven of them changed wow and one thing you've learned from the show is you read the youtube descriptions of videos if you watch <laughs> um, a live performance of them on simply k-pop the youtube description also the little titles in the video um says that they debuted with a concept with individual members active as one person media creators so essentially that they were all involved in media and like not well known for media beforehand but if you look into this there's nothing really to find so we have two members or former idols one of them is we girls is her fourth group this is her and her fourth full debut with like her fourth new name as well she was in bad kids she was in Someone else, I can't remember the other two. Oh, Z Best was one of them as well. But yeah, this yeah. is the, yeah, four different names. And so that maybe could be one. One of the other ones is um, Haney is her name. She was a cam girl. And I don't, not like a, I don't think a sexual cam girl, I guess. I don't know if that's the right term, but just kind of a, a broadcast jockey, I think, who dances along to K pop songs. And it's quite popular on their platform, Af- Africa TV. Um, and then the rest are just, I don't know, regular idols. 
but their whole song, old debut song, is on air as well. They're being on TV, so I thought maybe there was supposed to be some connection with that, where they want to be on TV, they want to be famous, and they have this idea, but it just—it's not there. Everything is not connecting, so it kind of leaves them, I don't know where, some sort of limbo where they don't know what they're doing. And they performed quite a bit on the music shows, actually, so maybe they could make a name for themselves. But I guess when I say most unique debut concept, it's most confusing. But this is what I found. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to chip in with unique debut concept, and uh, I'm going to put forward a group called Pink Fantasy and their song Idiwa. They're from My Doll Entertainment, which seems appropriate when you see them because they are a group that wears bunny, not just bunny ears, <laughs> but they wear the like a like the the, the bunny ear thing that kind of is furry and wraps under the chin. You know, a bunny hood, I think it's called. They wear bunny hoods, and then one member. Oh, I did see them. Yeah, one member wears a full bunny face, like and furry kind of outfit, <laughs> and they they promote it. They promote it on the stages and stuff, and. Um, Apparently it's an Alice in Wonderland concept. I also saw somebody somewhere say that the idea of having a member in the bunny thing, in the whole bunny face, as opposed to the bunny foot, uh, bunny hood, is that <laughs> she's from the future and she hasn't been born yet. So I guess when she's born, <laughs> she gets to graduate to a bunny hood. <laughs> and then you can get to see her face. I mean, I wouldn't, <laughs> I probably would have only played fleeting, fleeting attention to it. Um, you know, I would have gone, ah, oh, Bunny Hood's cute. But the song actually is really good. The song Iriwa is, is a really good song. It's got a really good chorus. It's kind of a bouncy, you know, it, girl group bounce is obviously kind of normal for a cute concept. But it's got more going to it than that. It's got, it's got some good kind of rhythms and good, some, some good layers. And the chorus is very, very catchy. So, yeah, I think that to me is probably, apart from Honey Popcorn, that's pretty good, even though they didn't actually say that they were going with it as a concept. It kind of, you know, yep. yeah, yeah, it's kind implicit of on the other... Concept. Implicit concept. Implicit yeah. <laughs> concept, yeah. Um, this is, the bunny thing is on the other scale because they kind of also dress in, they, they kind of dress in shorty pyjamas, like white shorty pyjamas <laughs> with the hood <laughs> in the video, <laughs> which is kind of a little yeah. bit, ew. Can we give them some, can we cover up a little bit more, please? Stephen, yeah. All right, yes, well, so... For the last award, I think this category actually just happens to hit on a lot of the themes that we've hit on the last uh, two episodes. The award is for best fight the power moment oh, in yeah. K-pop last year. Nice. And the first one, I mean, we already hit on this. Hyuna and Edon, of course. Mm. You know, Cube says they're not dating. They say, uh, actually, we are. They get kicked out of Cube and they spend most of their time demonstrating to the public that they don't really mind being kicked out of Cube. So that was all in all a nice fight the power moment. You know, K-pop is not known for, in, in Western pop, being a rebel, being a rule breaker is a big thing. In K-pop, it's sort of the opposite. So these are rare but precious moments when, when you get a real fight the power moment in K-pop. A very small moment that I really liked from Produce 48 this year you wouldn't expect to get a fight the power moment from Produce 48. <laughs> but there was one of the early episodes when they were moving into the dorms. They had a montage of, you know, people are picking their bunks and they're trying to communicate in Japanese, Korean and using, you know, using their hands to communicate. And they had a list of rules up on the door, like, you know, nailed to the church door uh, that the trainees all had to follow. And they're reading through the rules and they get to this rule that there's 
it prohibiting unnecessary skinship. Oh, really? Yeah. Unnecessary. So some of it's unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you can't. Necessary some skinship. skinship. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> so there were two. There were two reactions to this. One was one of the girls. They're up, they're all kind of taken aback. Like, what is that? And one one girl turns to the girl who's reading the rules and very deliberately just touches her shoulder with her finger, like, "Does you mean I can't do this?" Mm-hmm. Uh, but the reaction I really loved are a couple of Japanese trainees, including Chiori, who you might remember is the one who did the coat hanger impression. <laughs> but they just they turned to each other and just gave each other a big hug, like, <laughs> you know, well, this, this is a stupid rule. We're definitely not following this rule. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought that was a sweet little moment. Small, you know, stick it to the man moment. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you watch only the first few episodes, or every episode of it, um, Matsui Jirina, I'm, I'm pretty sure in every scene she's in with another person, she has her hands on them. Uh, it's something I definitely noticed because of this rule, but every scene Jirina is in, she's got her hands on someone else. And I think it's just a sign of she's a, a lovable, nice person, but also maybe also in, defiant of, in defiance of this very silly rule. Yeah, it, there was definitely unnecessary skinship throughout. Yeah. This 40 years. <laughs> The reason to watch. I don't, I don't right. even understand that. Like, surely, isn't that half the reason a certain section of the audience tunes in? I mean, I don't know about that specifically, but it certainly wouldn't run counter to yeah. you know, a reason that they might. Uh, yeah, it it did. I mean, I, I don't think anybody has explained that that rule. I wonder if they're especially... covering themselves in case they get complaints. Yeah, it could be could be it was interesting that they chose to kind of highlight it in the you know at that in the mm. editing mm. they decided to to mm. highlight that thing yeah <laughs> <That's good. laughs> anyway i thought that was fun that's but fun. the two the two that tie you guys other people chose ties so i think i can have a tie yeah they're both lawsuit related one of them that i thought was great was happy face entertainment suing yg oh, yeah for sure david and goliath you know, right <laughs> So, the, I mean, the, the short version is Mix 9, of course, was uh, a flop. Uh, one of Happy Face Entertainment Dreamcatcher, speaking of Dreamcatcher, they were in it. They escaped just in time <laughs> to go tour in South America. <laughs> but a male trainee uh, from Cube won the, the, the boy section of Mix 9. And, of course, you know, YG, they didn't do anything for two months. And then they sent out a contract saying, you know what, instead of four months, how about we have like a three-year contract with all these people. And they knew nobody would accept it. And that was basically their way of trying to save face and canceling their obligation to debut this group. And Happy Face sued YG saying, you know, not only did you breach your obligation to, you know, debut the group, YG didn't even pay their expenses. You know, they didn't even, they didn't even pay, pay their share of the profits from the music that was, came out of the show and that was sold. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Mm. Happy Face, only, they only uh, sued for 9, 000, about $9,000. They said it was just sort of symbolic, mm. just to show that the big companies can't push the little companies around. And I think that lawsuit is still pending, but I got my fingers crossed. But yeah. the lawsuit of the year, the fight the power moment of the year is... Hyosung's lawsuit. Oh yes, against yeah, TS Entertainment, fantastic. former now former secret member. So she sued because, among other things, she hadn't been paid apparently since 2015. Yeah, 
And I think she said she was, she was really wasn't trying to recover what she was owed. She just wanted out of her contract, Yeah, which is, it seems like this happens. I really don't understand these companies. They have people under contract. They're not using, you know, they're not finding work for them. Mm. Why do they fight so hard to keep people under contract when they, you know, and they've got money because they're putting it into other groups and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. I know. What an insult! I mean, you know, it's, it's it must be just heartbreaking for for someone like her. And like the, these are her working years. These are her working years. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, sure. I mean, she's talented, but she's a beautiful woman, and some at some point she's not going to be. This is her prime years. You know what I mean? Like she needs to yeah. work and in now. K-pop in particular. Yeah. yeah, she needs to work now. What are they doing? Like hanging on to her until she can't work anymore and and not giving her work now. It's it's unspeakable. It's it's cruel. Like it's you know. So did she? Has she? She got out, right? Did she get out? She got out. They're they're threatening to appeal. It's ridiculous. But they they canceled the contract. She she got an award of one hundred fifteen thousand dollars. Right. Uh, she got her legal fees. Yeah. They have to pay her legal fees, and who knows if TS Entertainment can even come up with that kind of money. But you know, she's out from under them. She signed with uh, with another agency. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, thank God. I love her. I would love to see her. You know, yeah. working again. I'm I'm a really big fan of hers. She's yeah. just, she's such a delightful performer, you know, like it's just, it's just been awful. It's just been so awful. But if you go onto her Instagram right now, you'll see photos from a, a new photo shoot already where she still looks amazing. And, you know, yeah. I remember right after the, it was announced that the lawsuit she won, I remember she had this like very like, I'm free Instagram post as yeah. well. Oh, fantastic. Actually, I don't go to Instagram much, but I will. Yeah. I'll go and follow her. Hyo <laughs> Sung is there. She is, yeah. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, well, that's good. Well, that's a nice note to finish on, I guess. Definitely. <laughs> that's it. Join a, join a um, union. That's the, the moral of the, the yes, absolutely. <laughs> awards show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Imagine if the, the K-pop musicians started a union. Oh, my God. BTS should lead the charge. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that concludes us for another year-end show and another year with K-pop Unmuted and Cold Scene. Um, Thank you so much, Gabrielle, again for for joining us. Um, Where can our good listeners find you online? They can find me on Twitter at Gabrielle Wilder or on my blog, uh, Ksera, K-S-E-R-E a.blogspot.com and thank you for having me Oh, a pleasure as always um, and Stephen where can they find you you can find me on twitter at Tennessee Appeal great and I am Captain Joe Huck on twitter and you can find the podcast at Cold Scene um, uh, on twitter and coldscene.com um, and K-pop Unmuted on twitter and then of course all your favorite podcast um, platforms like iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play Music. Um, thank you again to Scott Interante, founder of the show and who has been very helpfully editing for us. And um, yes, so here's to next year for more interesting, controversial, dramatic K-pop releases and news stories. Thank you again. Thank you. Very good.